0: Welcome to Straight Guy Queer Eye. I'm your host, Paul Yen. Hell yeah, this is episode number 18. We always start off with an important ethics statement. I want to acknowledge that being straight gives me privileges that the queer community simply does not get. I know that I will never fully understand the trauma, the drama, and all the other homophobic garbage that queer folks have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. I'm not an expert in queer culture, though. I'm also not a therapist, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, or a doctor. As host of the Straight Guy Queer Eye podcast... I'm just here to introduce people to shows that I love and that have made a big impact on me. More importantly, I'm here to listen and to learn about the queer community, and I hope to pass that knowledge on to like-minded people who want to make a difference in the queer community, their own community, and especially in their own lives. It's RuPaul's Drag Race Season 2 finale, y'all. Top three queens are Raven, Tyra, and Jujubee. Tatiana's parting lipstick message was, Do you to the fullest. With the number two. In the workroom, the three remaining queens are talking about when they all thought they were gonna sashay away. Raven says that she lip synced twice and was worried both times. Jujubee lip synced three times, including last week, and thought she was gonna go home for sure. Tyra thought it was after the bridal challenge when all the queens told her that she was a diva, a bitch, and uh, she also reminded Jujubi that she told Tyra in front of the judges that she lacked manners. Jujubi replied that the judges said Tyra’s grown since then and that Jujubi actually did Tyra a favor. Santino and Merle Ginsberg enter the workroom to tell the Queens that RuPaul is prepping for their final challenge, which is inspired by, quote, some of the great bitchy catfights of all time, unquote. The Queens will be co-starring in RuPaul's new music video, Jealous of My Boogie. The Queens will have to learn how to fight dance with choreographer Ryan Heffington, who we met last season, and they'll be directed by music video director Matthew Anderson, who is the makeup artist we met earlier this season as well. The Queens will also each have an opportunity to act opposite RuPaul in an over-dramatic scene, and these are usually hilarious. The Queens will also work with style expert Robert Verdi on two looks to turn out um, two looks inspired by 80s power bitch fashion. So no mini challenge this week for the finale. During the dance rehearsal and choreography with Ryan Heffington for the Maxi Challenge, he tells them that the inspiration for this piece is the old 80s show Dynasty. It was a daytime soap opera that aired from 81 to 89 that I thought took place in Texas, but actually took place in Colorado of all places. And it was about a rich oil family and, you know, all the soap opera things that come along with that. I do actually remember seeing it on TV as a kid, but I don't know much about it other than a character named Jr. got killed and nobody knows who did it, even till this day. I remember seeing a scene where J.R. I think was in a room or in a kitchen or something like that and a hand kind of creeps in through the door with a revolver and he gets shot. And I think that was the shocker. Um, or at least I don't think they know who killed him. I might be wrong. Anyway... Ryan Heffington says the dance will be bitchy, exciting, and campy, so we can expect some bickering, some slapping, and some laughs. Choreography is hard. You'll never hear me say anything different. With that said, Ryan Heffington says that Raven is the slowest of the three queens to take in the choreo, and Raven admits as much. Ryan thinks if Jujubee can bring her catty and bitchiness to another level, then her performance can be great. He says Tyra's energy or performance during the rehearsal is monotone and asks her not to fake it. So he's worried about her performance, but according to Raven, uh, Jujubi and Tyra have the choreo down. After the queens rehearse with Ryan Heffington, um, just like season one, the top three queens each get to have a one-on-one with Rue for a little chat. So when Tyra sits down with Rue, Rue says Tyra's come a long way and asks her what the toughest part of the season has been. Tyra says staying focused on not worrying so much about her son and what's going on back home. Tyra says that she held in her anger for a long time. And Rue says that anger is always a symptom of fear and asks Tyra what she's afraid of. And of course, Tyra says she's afraid of losing her son and that winning this competition would be a fresh start to give her son a better life. When Raven sits down with Rue, Rue asks if Raven feels like a prisoner of war since the queens are all detached from the outside world while the competition is going on. We learn that both Rue's parents and Raven's parents got divorced when they were each seven years old. It was tough for Rue, which led him to get into music and and an imaginary world, is what he said. For Raven, uh, she saw what her mom went through uh, during the divorce and promised not to do that to anyone else but ended up becoming her mom uh, and getting hurt by others. Rue tells Raven that, quote, expectations lead to resentment, and when you allow people to just be themselves, the relationship can really grow, end quote. When Jujubee sits down with Rue, Rue reminds B that she's been in the bottom three times. Jujubee acknowledges that she has been on the bottom three times, but outside of RuPaul's Drag Race, she's been on the bottom a lot of times. As in picked on and bullied. Get your minds out of the gutter. Jujubee says that growing up and having people make fun of her, she used to answer to, and this is uh, Jujubee saying this, she used to answer to faggot because she accepted her fate and knew that it wouldn't stop. Which is so sad. Until one day, Jujubee finally told her bullies not to call her that anymore. After the interviews, the queens meet with Robert Verdi for their kind of their '80s consultation. Robert Verdi is um, the style expert. He meets with each queen and provides an outfit for the music video and helps them put together something for their wardrobe to embody the '80s power bitch fashion that Rue is looking for on the runway. He potentially saved Juju from a disaster because the outfit she was thinking of wearing, he said, it looked more like Ringling Brothers. Robert Verdi tells Tyra that the 80s is considered the decade of power for women, and their fashion was defined by sharp shoulders and small waists. He also says Rue draws inspiration from the most incredible women in history and suggests that Tyra do some research. When Robert meets with Raven, Raven knows exactly what the 80s is about because it's during her era. Plus, she had that amazing Cindy Lauper-looking uh, outfit for her Teen Diva award from last week, remember? Anyway, Raven says that if you want to work and have longevity in this business, you have to know a little bit about everything, which is kind of what Robert Verdi told Tyra to do research on 80s fashion and the trends of the time. Anyways, after uh, Robert Verdi is done talking to all the queens, they, they go to do the acting scene. For the filming portion, let me try to uh, set up the scene for you. The scene is that RuPaul is getting ready for his show or his performance. But Ru is rudely interrupted by each of the queens, one at a time, of course. And they they walk in and they say, RuPaul. And when Ru turns around, he says, you know, I can't see you before the show. It's against the rules. The queen replies back with, well, I'm sick of your rules. I'm sick of your challenges and I'm sick of your show. What about me? What about... And then they say their name. Then RuPaul proceeds to slap a bitch. Obviously, it's a it's a fake slap. But the more dramatic, the better. It's really funny because they also add the slap sound effect for us viewing at home as it's happening. So it's kind of like a... Ah. And after Ru slaps the queen, Ru says, Snap out of it. Pull yourself together, girl. Then the queen replies with... You are just jealous of my boogie. To which Rue laughs condescendingly at them, then bitch slaps them again. Ah! And then they just do the take over and over, which means the queens each get slapped over and over and over. And it's hilarious to watch. Anyways, the queens in the scene are rocking an 80s vixen outfit that Robert Verdi helped them pick out. First up is Raven. Matthew Anderson, the director, was disappointed with Raven's performance at first, but says that because she listened and paid attention, she got better as they did more takes. Second up is Tyra. Even though she's a bit monotone, she tries to bring some variety to her lines right away. Matthew gives her a note to be more hurt when Rue slaps her. But because Matthew is Australian, both Rue and Tyra heard hood, as in be more hood, when Rue slaps her, uh, and they end up rolling with that. And by the end, Matthew was laughing pretty hard, so it seems like he liked what Tyra brought. Third up is Jujubi. According to Matthew, she came in fully loaded. Jujubi says she's done theater, so she totally camps it up. She brings different levels. I love that she fake cried at the part where she says, What about me? What about Jujubi? Then when Rue slaps her, she fell to the ground, and Matthew Anderson was dying laughing. My favorite performance for the acting challenge was clearly jujube Then we move on to the cat fight scene. The queens have a ton of black outfits that were provided. Tyra was flirting with her diva side again. She tried on a ton of outfits and was complaining that none of them fit her properly, while Jujube and Raven were ready to go pretty quickly. Once they get onto the stage, they're being directed by Matthew Anderson and choreographed by Ryan Heffington. They legit were on the ground and getting physical. Tyra played a little dirty by pulling off Raven's hair twice. Uh, She said it's because Raven didn't have hers pinned down properly like hers was. But Raven and Jujubee weren't trying to pull her hair off, so I don't, you know, she's full of shit. And at one point, someone's heel grazed Jujubee's eye which wound up leaving a cut under her eyebrow. Uh, But she was a trooper and was ready for the next part of the shoot. Uh, The next part of the shoot is, uh, I'll just call it the mirror scene. Um, The queens change into another 80s outfit, and uh, what the three queens have to do is they crowd up next to each other in front of a mirror, and they're singing to the song and looking in the mirror, and when directed to do so, they each write a big no On the mirror at the same time. Um, I think Raven improvs by kissing inside the O and leaving a kiss print inside, which was a very nice touch. I do think that Raven looked the best for this part of the filming, and uh, I think that's who won that part of the challenge, I guess, if, if it's even a challenge. And that's it for the filming. Runway category is Rue didn't give it a name, so I'll call it Final Runway. The judges are Merle Ginsburg, Santino Rice, and of course, Rue Paul. No guest judges for the finale. Uh, Rue says it's just family, or as Vin Diesel would say, family. <laughs> I know you guys like my impersonations. Anyway, first on the runway was Jujubi. Her final look was a short ballerina dress, though I wouldn't say it's like a tutu. It looked more like a purple rose She had on this purple top that was only on for a second because she rips it off over her head to reveal a lavender corset top underneath. She's got glitter all over her body and a necklace with a bunch of stars on it. And at the end of the runway, she flashes the judges to reveal some gold underwear underneath. I say underwear because they definitely weren't panties. B is one of my favorite queens of all time. You all know that. But I don't think this runway look was enough. It was my least favorite outfit on the runway. In the Dynasty acting scene between Rue and Juju, Merle said that in a regular acting scene, it'd be considered overacting. But for Dynasty's 80s, it was perfect. I think B got a little robbed because her first take to me was hilarious, but they ended up using a more subdued take than what we saw. Santino, who is a big fan of Jujubi, says he was let down by Juju. Uh, Juju Jujubee's outfit for the finale. Merle thought the necklace made the whole outfit feel less expensive, and in the context of the final three queens, Jujubee is a bit of a tourist. So I not to ruin anything for anybody, I think it's safe to say that she won't be the winner of season two. Raven was second on the runway. Her final look was a black pinstripe bodysuit that had ruffles that looked like flower petals I guess all around the top and around her waistline. She wore thigh-high boots and had on a black pixie cut. I thought the outfit was very raven and I'd say her outfit was my second favorite on the runway. Merle said she's in love with the outfit because you expect flowers to be pink but the gothic feeling is the opposite and that made it stand out for her. Santino said her 80s outfit in the mirror uh, scene screamed 80s because it reminded him of Kelly LeBrock, a gorgeous 80s icon. Look her up. She was in Weird Science and a bunch of other things. I thought Raven's scene with Rue was the best. Rue uh, must have thought so, too, because Rue even added a little bit extra uh, for the scene. Instead of slapping her right away um, after, you know, Raven goes off on how she doesn't want to be on the show anymore... He acted like he felt bad for Raven and asked Raven to come closer as if, as if RuPaul was going to console her. Then suddenly Ru slaps her. <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought it was funny as hell. Um, anyway, Santino nitpicked about the fight scene and said that Raven couldn't be seen. Raven said she didn't go all out because she didn't want to hurt anyone. And to be fair to Raven in, in the acting world uh, on stage in film, you're supposed to run this kind of stuff with stuntmen and women or, or run it with a director over and over. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, you run it at 25%, then at 50%, then at 75%, and then finally close to 100% or so. The way it looked for the show was that they were kind of just thrown in there to do whatever. And that could be dangerous, as we saw with Jujubee getting hit in the face with a heel. Merle thinks that Raven is complex. Santino thinks that she's been able to show a lot of different looks and be so many different women. Rue says that Raven is the more fashion-forward girl and has undeniable star quality, to which Santino interrupted and said, superstar quality. Tyra Sanchez was the last queen on the stage. Her final look was a jeweled green bodysuit but not like a bikini bodysuit. It it was more like, you know, boy shorts bodysuit. It looked like the bathing suits that women wore in the 50s and 60s, which I love. And wrapped around her waist was a matching green uh, train uh, with pink lining on the inside that she took off at the end of the runway. It was really cool. It was definitely the best-looking outfit on the runway for the finale to me and definitely falls into the sophisticated and glamorous drag style that Tyra is going for. Santino loved her hair and thinks her outfit is an overall great look. Rue says he couldn't take his eyes off of Tyra in the catfight scene. Tyra says she wasn't worried about looking pretty. And when Rue calls her out for pulling out Raven's hair, which Tyra says was an accident, Rue says an accident twice. And Tyra had nothing to say. Rue asks if Tyra is going to let her son, Jeremiah, watch the show, and Tyra says she thinks this will be the first time Jeremiah sees what Daddy really does. Rue says that Tyra is not polished and she's very hood and very street, but the fact that she's learned a lot of quote-unquote tricks at a young age speaks to her will to win. After all of the deliberations, Rue says that he has to see the top two queens lip-sync for the win. Spoiler alert, if you have not watched the finale episode of season two and don't want to know who wins, I suggest you stop here. So I guessed correctly, because Jujubee was eliminated right away. She says she's not bitter, but she's disappointed. And weirdly, she wrote a message on the mirror. Uh, Jujubee's message was, You are your own worst critic. Let go, forgive, and Live. So lip-syncing for The Crown will be Raven and Tyra, and it's actually Tyra's first time lip-syncing this season, which I didn't realize. They lip-sync to RuPaul's Jealous of My Boogie. Both queens were prepared, and Raven brought her usual dark, seductive performance to the the lip-sync. At one point, Tyra walks off the stage to the judges' panel and pulled all their attention to her and then went back on stage. At the end of the song, Raven drops to the ground on her back for a sultry finish, while Tyra drops into the splits. But there can only be one drag superstar for season two, and the winner is Tyra Sanchez. When Rue announces her name, she starts to have a panic attack or something because she's hugging Raven and suddenly collapses onto the stage. But she's able to get back up after Raven helps her get herself back together. So a big congrats to Tyra Sanchez for winning season two. These are the things that stood out to me. I'm glad Juju B stood up to Tyra about being called out for her manners. That's what friends are supposed to do, call you out on your bullshit. I personally don't want to be surrounded by a bunch of yes men and women. If I'm being an asshole or if I'm wrong or if something I've done is mediocre or bad, by all means, tell me. That doesn't mean that I won't be hurt or sad or mad about it. But if I'm a reasonable person and I take the time to really reflect on it, then I'll come to a reasonable conclusion that maybe whoever's being truthful with me is right. Or even if they're not, at least it gives me a different perspective. As the judges said, Tyra has shown growth since the bridal challenge. There are countless examples of People who let their egos and their pride eventually be their downfall. So the fact that Tyra was told to her face that she was being a diva, a bitch, and that she lacked manners was a wake-up call. It's a rude awakening. No one, including me or you or anyone rich and famous, should be able to get away with being rude or disrespectful at any time. And I'd be glad to have a friend keep me in check because ultimately, I don't want to be a piece of shit. You know, that doesn't mean that I let people walk all over me, but there's a difference between getting what you want and just straight up being a diva. So yes, I think Jujubee is right in telling Tyra to get some manners. She needed to hear that. When Rue tells Tyra that anger is always a symptom of fear, that was a big slap to my face. A, A good slap, because when I was younger, I was a very fearful dude, which made me a very angry dude. And I responded by being angry all the time and taking that anger out on other people. I acted like a real piece of shit. It wasn't until I worked on myself, built up my own self-esteem, that I got over that fear and became a lot less angry. doesn't mean I'm perfect, because there's, you know, no such thing, but I'm a lot less fearful nowadays, which makes me a lot less angry nowadays. When B finally has the courage to tell her bullies to stop calling her the F-word, I really, that just stands out to me because... I hate seeing people get bullied and I'm so glad that that she finally got around to to not letting people um, put her down like that and to use that derogatory term on her. Um, it takes a lot of courage because, you know, just because she told them to stop doesn't mean they stopped, but at least she put her foot down and they knew that they couldn't just push her around anymore without any sort of a response. And so you know clearly and obviously you always have to be careful because you don't know what people will do nowadays but you know I'm a proponent of standing up for yourself especially for marginalized people um if if like i always say if you see something say something don't don't allow that to happen because you don't know what that's going to push them or these people to do to to the to the person being bullied and you don't know the person being bullied what they're going to do to themselves so Always, always take the high road and stand up for people. I really loved how Robert Verdi told Tyra that RuPaul draws inspiration from women throughout history and the fact that Raven understands that. Um, you know, that she, she understands that you've got to know a little bit of everything to have longevity in the drag queen world. Um, I'd argue that to have longevity in anything, you've got to know a little bit or a lot about everything depending on your field. As an actor... I never know what I'm going to have to play or the opportunity to play, so it behooves me to know about as much as I can, even if it's a little bit of something. It's, it's endless curiosity, and it's fun because it forces me, in a good way, to explore things that I might have never explored or looked into to begin with. But if you're a doctor, of course you've got to know everything a doctor's got to know. But it may also benefit you to learn about human communication when you're dealing with a variety of people. About anime or cartoons when you work with kids. About psychology to better understand what your patients are going through. About engineering because it may spark an idea or help you as a doctor to be more efficient or to think outside of the box. I'm not a businessman, but... I've always loved the idea that Japanese companies such as Yamaha or Honda or Toyota shift their managers or their top folks from one department to another. For example, uh, Yamaha would have their head of racing Um, or their their racing chief run a racing team for a few years then shift that racing chief to run the piano division for a while then shift them to power sports which is like water sports and so on and so forth that way they can bring what they learned and experienced in one division to another in order to bring new ideas at the very least cure them of boredom right What do you do in your life and how can you benefit from learning something completely different is basically what I got from from what Robert Verdi was telling Tyra and what he said to Raven. It really touched my heart when Tyra says that she's going to watch RuPaul with her son. I just really love that because even though the goal of Straight Guy Queer Eye is to show other straight men that RuPaul's drag race and other queer content can make them better human beings, I think it can teach kids a lot of great lessons too. To see these talented entertainers put themselves out there and be vulnerable can teach kids empathy. To see divas acting up can be a lesson in manners and etiquette for the kids. To hear them talk about their significant others and their family can teach these kids love. And simply seeing these men dressed as women can teach the kids to learn acceptance and tolerance at a young age. So, yeah, I just really love that Tyra said that she would watch the show with her son. Although I'm happy that Tyra won and thinks that she definitely was, you know, deserved to be in the top two, it's such a tough thing for me because to see Tyra get the win and to see Rue applaud her quote-unquote tricks is a bit of a touchy subject for me. I get it to a certain extent because we have to fully believe in ourselves and we have to fully go for it, but I don't believe in having to do tricks or cutting other people down or playing dirty. It's just not my jam. I know there are plenty of successful people out there who've made it big with these tricks, but I just don't buy it because there are plenty of people who've also made it without tricks. The way I look at it is I don't want to make it if it means I have to be shady and play dirty. But that doesn't mean I don't want to succeed. Kill them with kindness is what I believe. And until someone does me dirty, I'll just do me because the word trick, it makes me think of magic trick. As in, it's not real. So if you have to do tricks in order to move ahead, you know, you'll eventually run out of tricks or people will see right through you. That's just my thought on it. And this is the last thing that stood out to me. Jujubee's message, it really hit home with me. I am definitely my own worst critic, always. And dare I say that a lot of us are our own worst critics. But I'll also say this. When I've found it in myself to be kind to myself, to forgive myself, I've thrived the most. Anyone out there who's going through some shit or maybe you've made some mistakes, please forgive yourself. What did you learn from it? How are you going to fix it or change it or do better? Set your ego aside, forgive yourself, and it'll get better. That's the end of season two of RuPaul's Drag Race. If you've been listening to Straight Guy Queer Eye all the way through... Thank you so much. If you've been enjoying Straight Guy Queer Eye or even if you're completely new to the podcast, please subscribe, share it with five people you know and give us a rating on your podcast app. Follow Straight Guy Queer Eye on Instagram at sgqepodcast. You can follow me on my personal Instagram at hellopaulyen. I'd love to hear from you, so please send comments, suggestions and feedback to podcast at gmail.com and remember, be human, be kind.